Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Continuing on here in this final psalm of book two of the psalms. It's exciting to, to come to a, a conclusion like that. Especially when it's in the middle of our season and we get to keep going. I know. <laughs> From book two on to book three. Yeah, we're just going to move right along. But uh, I, I love it. I'm liking this psalm a lot. You used a term yesterday, a royal psalm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Royalty. Because all about, about the king. The king. Yeah, about the king. all about the king. And, and, and maybe even messianic psalm. Okay, a, me- a like royal a, messianic, like song. a king of kings, like the king of kings. Like yeah. you were talking about the king, but it's actually talking about the king. The king. Let's find out. Go All ahead, right. Man. So I've got uh, Psalm seventy-two here. I'll be reading from the New King James Version today, a Psalm of Solomon. Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people, and the little hills by righteousness. He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy, and will break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear you, as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. In his days the righteous shall flourish, an abundance of peace until the moon is no more. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. For he will deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him who has no helper. He will spare the poor and needy, and will save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence, and precious shall be their blood in his sight. And he shall live, and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. Prayer also will be made for him continually, and daily he shall be praised." There will be an abundance of grain in the earth on the top of the mountains. Its fruit shall wave like Lebanon, and those of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Yesterday, as we talked about this, we focused on the earthly king aspect of it. There was just so much as we considered Solomon. We Ooh, didn't even, there was a lot. We didn't, we didn't even talk about that, though, as just setting the stage for what the kings were supposed to do, descendants yeah. of Solomon. We, you know, we, it, it was hard because we were seeing Solomon at the beginning of his reign really mm-hmm. fulfilling this. Yeah. But, you know, by the time we get to the end of his reign, when Rehoboam, after Solomon dies and Rehoboam becomes king, the poor and the needy rise up and say, he was hard on us. Yes, they he, do. He was, he was tough. His taxes were true. You need to back up, back off. And Rehoboam says, no, I'm going to be even worse. It was Rehoboam's terrible mistake there. And what happens is the, the monarchy then, the kingdom is broken. Yes. And because, and divided. because not staking not staying true to mm-hmm. this prayer 
And, I, you know, we didn't get to say it yesterday. One of the things I wanted to bring up is that I think rulers of the earth, even today, should take a look at this psalm as a guide yeah. for what, what the goal of, of national leadership is supposed to be. Oh, I appreciate that a lot. And, I, you know, here I know we are democratic and are a republic, and there's representative democracy, and we vote. So we don't have kings, but, but governors, mayors— Presidents, judges need to remember this is what being a national leader is actually supposed to be about. And I think we should probably also even think in terms of some of the things said here about how we should react towards, like especially the praying for yeah. the leaders. Uh, and I appreciate also drawing from the wisdom of Solomon in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34, it says, righteousness exalts a nation, yes. but sin is a reproach to, to any, any people. people. Yes. Any good people. point. Good people. And so good that, point. Good point. <laughs> for good people. Good point for good people. Uh, but, I'll get it out right. You know, that is something to bear in mind. And, and I appreciate you pointing out that our, our government structure is very different today than the monarchy of Israel, you know, of a couple of thousand years ago. But at the same time, what's going to be true is righteousness exalts a nation. Yes. And as a citizenship with maybe more voice and more influence than many human beings and many governments throughout time, uh, we certainly need to pursue righteousness. Pursue righteousness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there was a big difference between the way the ESV yesterday that I read and the way the New King James today read, but I don't expect necessarily everyone to remember that. So I'm just, I want to compare compare two verses sure, and see if we can notice the main difference. I'm going to read verse two from the ESV. And then if you'll read verse two from your new King James. So mine says verse two, may he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. What what did the new King James say there? So the verse two in the new King James says, he will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. So a lot of similarity there, but mm-hmm. one really significant difference. Did you pick up on it? Well, I did. I, I noticed that uh, the ESV says, may. Yeah. May he. And when I'm reading the New King James, he shall. He yeah. shall. Yeah. So interesting difference. So that's a translational choice. Mm-hmm. And the the question, as I understand it, is that as we look at the tense of the verbs in the Hebrew here, uh, there's a question, and I'll give you a technical term. Is it optative? Okay. And so the optative is the idea of uh, not chance, but conditional. Conditional is more the idea. So it's not certain, it's conditional, it's going to depend on you know, whatever's out there and, in the future. And so that's communicated with the word may. 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 Yeah. That's the optative. And the, the other possibility is it's just a strict future, okay. and which is demonstrated he by shall. the King James. He shall. He, he, shall, he, he will. will. This is what's going to happen. Uh-huh. And I think the choices are typically made based on if the translators are looking more towards Solomon mm-hmm. or if the translators are looking more toward, well, this is, okay, yeah, it's about the kings of Israel, but it's actually about the king okay. of Israel. How, how messianic they see this. And when, when they start seeing it as, and it's clearly messianic. Right. When they're, when they're trying to highlight that, there's a whole lot more, it will happen, it will mm-hmm. happen, it will happen. It's, it's like seen a promise. As a promise yeah. of the, the true ultimate king of God's people. Mm-hmm. This is what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those who see it more from the standpoint of, of of the kings of Israel themselves, they see it more as a prayer. May it be this way. Let right. it be this way, God. Uh, we're, we're asking you, God, to see that this is the way it is, mm-hmm. rather than it's a promise that this is the way it's going to be. Look, either way we get at it, this psalm is clearly messianic, as, as all royalty psalms are. Yeah. Because remember, we entered the Psalter, well, with Psalm 1, 
Right. But we also pointed out two and a half years ago that really it's Psalm 1 and 2 go together to give us this doorway. It's like a French door. Mm -hmm. The the door on the right and the door on the left, and these are the doors through which we enter the Psalter. And as we get into Psalm 2, it is all about the king. Psalm 2 and verse 6, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of your earth your possession. We come to this prayer in Psalm 72 Mm -hmm. and how much of this was about, I've got a king and Lord, give the ends of the earth to him. Let his reign be from sea to sea and and, and to the river and to the ends, from the river to the ends of the earth. Let all the nations come before him. It's the prayer that what, what Psalm 2 prophesied is actually going to come to pass. And so in verse 1, when it says, give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son, Mm -hmm. it certainly can be about Solomon as the son of the king, but it can also just be about the king as the son. As it said there in Psalm 2, he is my son today. Ah. You know, I've I've begotten him and I've put him in rule and this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And so we really see the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus here, who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So I guess I'm I'm wondering when you when you make the choice whether it's optative or whether it's it's future, future yeah strictly future um, how that would play out in the performance and the use of the psalm would you still take this and pray this psalm in the sense of bring us the king yeah bring us the Messiah mm-hmm. or would you want to pray this for Solomon or whoever your leaders are I think hmm that's a good question all right so. My initial reaction, as I'm hearing what you're saying, is there's a certain sense in which you just do both, because uh-huh. the Messiah is the ultimate king who is coming. So when God established his covenant with David in Second Samuel 7, and mm-hmm. I think we also see it in First Chronicles 17, <clears throat> he talked about, I'm going to set a son on your throne, right? and his, his reign's going to be forever. Never yeah. It's never going to end, which even that automatically said, okay, we know that God is actually talking about more than just the the next one, mm-hmm. more than just the next one who's coming along. We're, we're talking about something bigger, greater, more amazing and powerful. And that's that, that's that idea of looking for the son of David, who is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And with mm-hmm. each king, I think there was probably the hope that this is the one that's going to be it. This is yeah. the one that's going to be it. Yeah. And of course, all those hopes petered out when you ended up yeah. with Babylonian captivity and they come back and it never reaches its glory again until, of course, we get to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so and Matthew, he looks so different than all of those predecessor kings because he's the one that comes humbly riding mm-hmm. on the colt and his hmm. kingdom is upside down. You mean kind of like Zechariah 9 prophesied? Well, I'm going to defer to you on Zechariah 9 because <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah. So here's the thing. I apologize. Though, here's the thing. Well, that's about the coming humbly on the colt oh, is the okay, prophecy okay, okay. there. Yeah. So here's the thing about Jesus. When Jesus in Luke chapter 4 comes into Nazareth and he's in the synagogue, they hand him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah in Luke chapter 4 and verse 17. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Mm -hmm. Now he's quoting Isaiah 61. He's reading from Isaiah 61 there, but notice how that, 
how that coincides with this prayer about what the king's job is. That's right. To proclaim liberty and deliverance and to, to provide justice and righteousness for the poor and the needy and to, to crush yeah. those who who are the oppressors over them. Here's Now, of course... Jesus ultimately this is a spiritual message it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not liberation theology but for a brief moment you can kind of see where some of that comes from if we misunderstand who the real oppressor and enemy is. Yeah, good point. Uh, now, again, I don't want to take away what that means for earthly rulers and their jobs, but no. Jesus coming in to to take away the oppression of sin mm-hmm. and the accuser, right. the enemy, and, and breaking the back of that enemy and, and setting us who are poor in spirit up and we who and are persecuted, us giving yeah. us the kingdom. And that's that's what we see here in Jesus fulfilling this psalm. Wow, that is so rich. That is really, really great. Um, in fact, it's too much to wait for Friday to <laughs> find, exactly. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. I think Jesus we're going to be talking about Jesus for the rest of the week. That, I think that's exactly right. So, you know, I, I, I couple with that in verse uh, seventeen of our psalm today, Psalm seventy-two, seventeen. His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. We'll talk more about that. But oh, the yeah. I, the idea of the enduring of this king, the forever king, yeah. and that, of course, is the Messiah. Well, Daniel chapter 7, as the one coming to the Ancient of Days, gets the king that has a, the kingdom with a dominion that has no end. I mean, that that's yeah. exactly that's exactly it's a heavenly king. Now, here's the interesting king. thing, and we'll just end with this. As messianic as this is, this psalm never gets quoted in the New Testament. Boom. Blows my mind. <laughs> but but there it is. And yeah. I, I'm, this is one of those psalms that just causes me to say that anyone who claims we can only call it messianic if it's quoted in the New Testament, I, I just don't know how you can get there reading a psalm like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's straight up. Yeah. It's about David and Solomon and Rehoboam. Yes, it's about them and Hezekiah and... But it's about the Messiah. Yeah. That's what it's, it's about. It's about King Jesus. Well, let's wrap up here. Holy God, thank you so much for the day. Thank you for your King. King of King. King of kings and Lord of lords, we are so thankful that we get to submit to him and give him our allegiance. We praise you, Lord God. Help us to surrender to your king and thank you for his justice and his righteousness that we have a great king that brings blessing and and prosperity for us in our hearts and our minds and, and in our lives and help us look forward to that ultimate time around his throne for eternity. It's through him we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Hi, this is Edwin. Thank you so much for being a faithful listener to Text Talk. I need to make a correction about something that I said in today's episode. As you are aware, we don't script these episodes, and so sometimes the 
the words and thoughts that come to our minds are not exactly accurate and can convey a mistaken notion, especially when we're getting technical about the Hebrew language or the Greek language, and that happened today. So I tried to introduce you to a new word, the optative, and I mistakenly referred to that as a tense of the verb. That is not correct. When talking about optative, the the optional, the conditional kind of mindset, especially in viewing that as a prayer and a request, optative is a mood of the verb. And the real question here in our psalm this week is not, is it optative or future? The tense of the verbs are future. The question is, is it optative? Is it an option? Is it a condition? Is it a prayer request? Is it looking at something that may happen? And so this is a prayer about the king that's on the throne at the time. Or is it simply an indicative future? It's just a a simple statement about what will happen in the future. And that's the indicative mood. So... Sorry for getting above my pay grade and, in doing so, making mistakes about that, but I hope that clears up some of the issues in today's episode and conversation. Thank you so much.